Well, thank you. Well, welcome everybody. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of Vibe Selection. I am your host, Kyra. And on today, I have vibing out with me, relationship and intimacy coach, Lucia Gabriella, who is also the founder of the Sacred Love Temple and Sarasota Dark Temple. She will be joining me today to discuss the benefits of Tantra and how you can use it to reclaim your power within your own sexual experiences. So we getting spicy today. How are you, Miss Lucia? I am doing fantastic, Kyra. Thank you so much for uh, having me on your show. Yes, it's my pleasure to be speaking about all of the pleasures today. (laughs) yes 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 all the way (laughs) so your journey of becoming a relationship and intimacy expert was met with some childhood traumas along the way and as a child I know that you explained that you were diagnosed with cancer and you witnessed a lot of abuse within your own household can you tell us a little bit more about some of the traumas that you experienced as a young child and how you were how you were ultimately affected by that Thank you for that. And yeah, so when I grew up in an, uh, I would say like an emotional toxic uh, home where I would witness what we call the secondhand abuse, right? Like where you witness your mother, uh, you know, being abused uh, emotionally, even like physically from, you know, from your father. So I witnessed a lot of that. And also I would say that I witnessed my brother being uh, abused as well, like physically and emotionally. So there Mm. were like a lot of emotional um, abuse in the sense of like even physical abuse. I didn't experience that physical abuse, but I did experience that. The I would say like what emotional abuse creates in a home, which is a lot of that separation, uh, a lot of that stress. And as children, um, you know, we develop this sense of like, not belonging somewhere the sense of like you know if I'm experiencing this level of abuse from from my you know uh from my parents the people that I love it's like what else is out there right like and all you see is like outside it like you start looking at abuse 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 so it was like really uh, interesting to see that my focus it was like witnessing how many how much abuse was going on outside like with other relationship with you know um with other people so it was a very very interesting time and like because of that I you know I I was suicidal like for 10 years I just didn't mm. want to live because I didn't I just couldn't understand like why people were abusive to each other why people was like you know they will be not just mean but they were like so bullying like so aggressive and and so, like, why people were so like that, like, and I just feel like I felt that I didn't belong. Hey, mm. I, I didn't belong to this planet because I was like, wait, I don't think mm. like life is like that. Like, I don't think like, why did I come here for? I remember <laughs> being five years old and asking to the stars, I'm like, what is my purpose here in life? Like, because I just don't agree with this abuse going on. Like, I just I couldn't understand as a child, like. Why, why all of this so I just didn't want to live and I was suicidal for like 10 years and wow. and one other thing I used to cut my 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 hands a lot I was a cutter mm-hmm. and I used to be like always wanted to have something dramatic in my life so it's just like you know just to die or something I was always wishing the bad on me right like wishing like to die all the time 
Mm. And when I developed cancer, um, I mean, it, it came out of the blue, nowhere. When, because I, I got an appendix and all of a sudden, um, when they, the doctor see like the appendix was weird when they remove it from my appendix. And like, and they he's like went to biopsy like seven days later, they call my parents and like, you're very lucky that, you know, we found it because it was a cancer tumor inside of the appendix and like a whole bunch of then. And wow. actually all the doctor told my parents that they were really, really lucky and that they have won the lottery because, wow. because I didn't have any symptoms. I didn't have anything like nothing. It, it, I would have. You have, I would have been dead in like within five years with no indication whatsoever because it was like a silent sort of like cancer that you don't get like that you don't get symptoms and things like that. So wow. it was really interesting. So I remember that when I went through the process of like um, the pain of like appendix started, a voice came into my head and said, you wanted to die. This is a taste of it. Mm. So it was interesting that the whole process of it, I would say I've been writing, like, I've been being called to write this, you know, this story about, like, from, you know, how cancer led me to Tantra, believe it or not, like, how cancer led me to my esoteric and um, practices and, like, and to even shamanic practices. Because when the whole going on through the whole cancer uh, with my family, I knew at my core that it was because I did it to myself that I wish it to myself. I didn't want to live. So it's like, I did it to myself. Like I took that responsibility. And I, when the doctor told my mom that to be able to, you know, heal, whatever, they said that they needed to remove part of my liver, my gallbladder, half of my intestine, my small intestine, because they had the, they were free that the cancer had spread out through the rest of my body. Mm. And I was, 15 and a half, 16 years old. So yeah. And I and I look at the doctor and I said, no. <laughs> my parents like, no. You're like, I'm I gonna said, live. <laughs> I said, no. I said, I, I and I told the doctor this because I said, I created this, I'm healing this. Mm. And the doctor looked at me like, and my parents just like, okay. So because I have a background in holistic homeopathic medicine, my parents were waiting for my holistic doctor to come to and, and to say like, okay, how are we going to address this? And even my parents asked my doctors like, why? Like if we have this holistic sort of like uh, eating healthy, naturopathic medicine and homeopathic medicine, if we have all of this medicine, we don't take drugs, we don't do any of like chemicals into body, why did you develop cancer? And I told my parents, like I said, because I, because I did it to myself. I was emotionally toxic within myself. Mm. And I, and even the doctor was like, even my doctor until now, like he knows my journey. He would like, you know, now he, believe it or not, he, the way that he addressed uh, healing process is through energy, through our, through emotion. Like we really go deeper into emotion. That's, this is why I am, you know, I was, uh, I do the work I do because it, it's about our emotions, how we talk into ourselves, how, what emotions are we allowing ourselves to, to be the dominant in our life, right? Like, are we mm-hmm. allowing depression or sadness to be dominant or of this toxicity within ourselves to be dominant? Are we allowing ourselves to, to say, okay, I, I can go through this process, but now I, I decided to explore pleasure and life and bliss and, and orgasmic energy in my life. Like what it is I'm choosing. Mm-hmm. So in short, I can say that 
that episode of my life led me to study more about Tantra, Kama Sutra, shamanistic, uh, shamanic practices, energy, um, you know, embodiment. And that's the short story. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is a very turbulent story to say the very least. But, you know, it, it it's a blessing that you were able to overcome such, you know, trauma within your life and look deep within yourself to find the answers of what was going on and how you can ultimately heal that. And I definitely believe holistic medicine is the way to go. I do believe modern medicine can help too. You know, it's evolved a lot over you know, the last couple of centuries, but, you know, holistic medicine, you know, I believe that God gives us everything that we need on this planet from food to medicine. It's all in our plants. It's all in our herbs. And it's something for people to utilize. I mean, if you really think about it, they use a lot of the natural resources that we have within our planet to use within medicine. Now they put Mm -hmm. their own little spin on it of course and they have all these side after they package it up they have all these crazy side effects that ended up that end up killing us off but you know besides that you know holistic medicine and naturopathy is definitely something that I am uh I, I am all for that so and I wish there was a lot more doctors like that out in the United States and across the world it's something that is like it's so hard to get in contact with people that do naturopath and holistic medicine because it's all about big pharma making all of the money off of, you know, people going into hospitals and stuff. So, yeah. Yes. Unfortunately, um, our health has become like a profit, you mm-hmm. know, a, a profit machine for like so many people. And it's like, like what we know, like natural doesn't sell much <laughs> because mm-hmm. it's not, if Sadly. you cannot patent it, right? Like natural cannot pat- be patented. So mm-hmm. it, it's not going to make you tons of money. So, but yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, it's like, I know that one of the things that always uh, my doctor said, like, we always look at the emotions, you know, emotions mm-hmm. tell us everything, mm-hmm. you know, emotions are energy in motion. And I can say that when we become aware of emotion, that's our greatest medicine. Like when we become like really in tune with emotions, because we listen to the message of what our body is telling us. Mm-hmm. And every single organ of a body, it kind of like uh, stores emotion, like, it's a whole, you know, it's like if we get stuck in something, it will be in different parts of our body. Mm-hmm. So that's the beautiful thing about like, like, especially what they call the emotional code, something that people can look into it. And it's like really interesting to see, like, if we have a liver issue or we have a stomach issues, like it can help us to understand, like, what, what are we suppressing? Mm-hmm. And that's where we go back into even like exploring tantra, right? Because the topic mm-hmm. is like, how can we explore deliciousness and bliss and orgasmic energy in our life um, through tantra, right? Like through through sacred sexuality practices. And the reason why I feel like uh, for me, tantra is so um, inclusive and integrative in the process is because it invites you into going to the journey of full alchemy of transformation and invite you into the journey of really knowing yourself at your core and what is actually in you what is within you and what i what who are you right like that it, it also invites you to to know yourself and love yourself deeply in ways that you have never done before because when we come from that place of like knowing our our truth and our power within, 
everything else that we create in life is going to be magnificent. The, mm. the relationship that we create and, and the, even the intimacy or the sex that we experience is going to be a lot more meaningful, a lot more enhancing, a lot more creative. We're not actually even like when it comes to intimacy, we're not going to even be making love just for ourselves. We are making love for what it is that we're co-creating in this world, what it is that we're co-creating in this universe, what it is that we, we are, you know, we are come, you know, the alchemy of it. So it's not about one anymore. It's about us, all of us. You know, that's a that is a wonderful take that you just made on, you know, relationships and sex, because, you know, in our society, sex is shunned so much. But yet, you know, there's so many people that have sex and it's such it's such an uncomfortable topic for people to explore, because, like I said, society keeps us boxed and they tell us that, you know, we should only do that if it comes to making babies and stuff like that. And it is not something that is seen as enjoyable. You know, it is not seen as something where, you know, you can come into your own sense of power and be one with yourself in the in the divinity. So, I mean, what did you ever face any challenges when it came to come into your own sense of sexual power at all? You know, I can say that it's a journey. Like I, you know, it's a journey of like exploring that power in, in this fullest. I can say that there's still parts of me, like different parts of me, that I'm still a virgin when it comes to sexuality. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh wow. I'm like innocent. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm in the innocent stage of like, oh, that is interesting. That is like, oh, that's like you have that, that you have like this, and you know, not anxiety. I don't want to call it, but like this excitement, but also curiosity. But at the same time, you're like kind of shy when you're like innocent, right? Mm-hmm. So. When it comes to, I feel like when it comes to uh, embracing and uh, awakening and embracing our sexual power, I feel like it is more than that sexual expression of our body. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like sex is kind of like a portal that allows us to witness ourselves. Are we fully in experience in life or we are not? Mm. You know, it's like, it, to me, it's like, how I'm living my sexual life is like a reflection or a mirror of like how I'm doing all the things in my life. I'm suppressing or I'm allowing myself to explore. I'm allowing myself to um, expand. I'm allowing myself to surrender into the pleasure within myself. And so when it comes to sexual power, to me, it's like, it's about that awareness that's why the, the power comes to is like that level of awareness of like how it is I'm choosing to express myself. Mm. Yeah, that's I definitely believe that everybody should come to, into their own sense of power and release those inner inhibitions that we have when it comes to sex and the stigmas, you know, the societal stigmas that are made about sex and not being able to enjoy its pleasures. But I do want to say, I do want to ask, how does one allow themselves to open up and open up themselves sexually who may have experienced either emotional or sexual abuse? 
in order to have like a fulfilling relationship in sex life, because there are so many people within the world that have experienced sexual abuse and going into a relationship with someone that can often be very hard for them to open up because of the traumas that they've faced in their lives. So how would one be able to open up and get comfortable with their own sexuality and and have emotional intimacy within their own relationships, healthy intimacy, that is? Mm, that's such a great question. Um, I'm, I'm tuning in into that one. And actually, I'm letting my, uh, I'm going to tune more into like my sexual um, areas myself, like my genitals, my, my womb, my heart to answer that question, because working with individuals of that have gone through emotional sexual trauma when it comes to like um, owning our sexual power after we have experienced uh, these, this trauma, this misfortune, these, um, I feel that it comes back to hmm, what it is that it will come back to. I say such a, come back to a body that, that give ourselves full permission to come back to a body gently mm. because one of the things like when I say gently like one of the first words that came up to me was like baby step a baby step and mm. when we do baby step is into coming back into our body the awareness of our body and loving our body loving our genitals loving our you know who we are it, it's a baby step process because we don't want to rush it mm-hmm. we want to we want to I feel like I would like to uh, give myself permission to experience the emotions that are coming in the moment as mm-hmm. they are and embrace them and allow myself to feel them and embrace them and let them go by, you know, by doing the, my inner work of like, you know, transcending the, the story that I've been telling myself. Mm. so for me it's like coming back like working with that emotional sexual trauma it's like coming back into my body and letting go of the story that I've been telling myself of the experience that happened right Mm -hmm. because many times the story will be this many times what happened is I with you know working in this field is that the story actually make it a lot harder to enjoy ourselves in our intimacy. And so it's important for us to look at, uh, okay, what had been the blessings and uh, the beautiful golden nuggets from this experience, even though that it could have been like really traumatic. Like I, I, you know, I have been in cases where it's like, I could not even believe that something like that happened. Mm-hmm. And I always find like when I work with like survivors um, of sexual abuse, like really, really, horrible situation I always find like that they they have this beautiful power like they they find their power by finding the um the beauty you know a golden nugget if they can just find a very simple golden nugget from that and they give themselves permission to unravel that Mm -hmm. golden nugget and that experience and like how that experience made them even more powerful you know, I find them like, I, I see like 
it is like mind blowing. Like some trying their sessions where uh, these these individuals they even though that they have gone through horrible thing, they still have the ability to find it. And I feel like that's where the power is. Where we have this ability to still find these be- these beautiful golden um, wisdom mm-hmm. out of something so dark. Mm. You know, that's why I feel like we, we kind of like reclaim that because even though that is, it could be so, so, so dark, I have witnessed like, uh, survivors of horrible things that they steal in the heart that's where the heart wins because in the heart they can still find that pearl of light mm-hmm. and then when they focus on that pearl of light and that and that and the light they they grow and they grow and expand and and then the darkness is not it's not over consuming them anymore now it's the light mm-hmm. if that makes sense yeah that does and you know, for everybody out there that has experienced some sort of trauma or sexual abuse in their lives, just know that you can definitely overcome those obstacles. You know, you don't have to think that you can't have a relationship that is healthy. And there are relationships that are healthy out there. But it does take that point of being able to look deep within yourself to heal whatever traumas that you have experienced within your lives. But we don't have to be a victim to our traumas. And I think that's the biggest thing because sometimes in certain situations, you know, we become our, we become victims of our own circumstances. And sometimes, well, a lot of times that stagnates us, you know? Mm -hmm. So then we consistently have this whirlwind of relationships that keep repeating or keep looking the same, you know? And it, it continues to be this cycle of, the cyclical cycle of, toxic relationships because that's all we knew from growing up and maybe in abusive households and seeing how someone's mother how may seeing how their mother and father interacted in an abusive way so substantially Mm -hmm. you take that into your own relationships with people because that's the only ideal that you've ever seen when it comes to relationships or if you were sexually abused by someone either a family member or family friend or maybe it was just a random situation or even sometimes I've heard in relationships where someone is sexually you know taken advantage of just know that there is a there is the light at the end of the tunnel and this is not the end that you can have a healthy foundation and it's just about like I said looking deep within yourselves and reaching out to whoever you need to reach out in order to heal that whether it's going to therapy whether it's talking to friends or family or you know even meditating on it or doing yoga you know that can definitely help in a lot of ways too so I just wanted to let all of my listeners right now know that there is a way out of the darkness there is light at the end of the tunnel so yes and something that I want to bring bring into awareness is like something that I, I usually like to share is like is who is mastering here is the trauma mastering our life or we mastering the trauma, mm. right? It's like, so when we have mm-hmm. that mindset, it's like, oh, I experienced trauma, but I'm going to allow trauma mm-hmm. to master my life or I'm going to actually be the master of my life. Exactly. And I do with trauma what it pleased me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 100% agree. <laughs> you are the master <laughs> of your own abilities. <laughs> yes yes and we you know and and sometimes there will be situations where uh, we are not ready to be the masters of our 
uh, of our life. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. That's why mm-hmm. that's what the first thing that came up to me was baby step. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. all about being gentle and loving to yourself and know that you're in a process and a journey and take baby step. Mm-hmm. I never believe that even if you you're not a baby falls many times, don't believe that because you fell one time that a journey is over. No, mm-hmm. baby step. Give mm-hmm. yourself permission. This is my key, my key invitation. Give yourself permission. Mm-hmm. to be in the journey that you are in. Yes, absolutely. So what are your thoughts on society's ideals when it comes to sex and why you feel like it has been something that have that people have been ashamed of not being able to sexually express themselves when it comes to relationships or just even in general, people being able to be open with their own sexuality? And how do you think someone can overcome those set of obstacles? Well, one of the things that I find the most is the fear of not being accepted for who they are and for the desires and the fantasies. You know, mm. as you mentioned at the beginning, I'm the founder of Sacred Love Temple, where we do a lot of the um, tantra shamanic uh, activities, but also I'm the founder of the Sarasota Dark Temple, which is a conscious kink BDSM community, and I own a dungeon. Mm-hmm. And because oh. of that, And because of that, I can say that um, it's beautiful to create a space uh, that is free of judgment, fear, shame, and all the BS that is happening in the world, right? Mm -hmm. And when when we create this space and we actually witness individuals experience and exploring the the kinkiness, the fantasies, uh, even their sexuality, without that shame, without that without a fear of not being uh, accepted, uh, it's beautiful. One of the biggest things that I see um, outside of the King PDSM community, like because when people want to explore that part of themselves, it's because they have the fear of being accepted. I feel mm. like that's the biggest, that's the number one fear when it comes to exploring our sexuality at its fullest. And, you know, that could be exploring a different dynamic as a poly, as a kinky, as a, uh, even as the orgy of like however that looks like and you know and it can be expressed mm. is that fear of being accepted of not being accepted that fear of not being accepted not being embraced for who we are mm-hmm. yeah so is it important for someone to set boundaries when it comes to sex and how does one set boundaries because I feel like for some people they're you know how you were saying before people are afraid of people not being open to their sexual desires. But in this case, some people may feel like, you know, things go a little too far sometimes and being able mm-hmm. to, you know, set those boundaries and the tone for how, you know, people um, interact with each other when it, on a sexual level. So how does someone set, you know, boundaries when it comes to sex? That's a great question. And I love that question because it's something that everybody sometimes don't pay attention to. When it comes to expressing, I mean, exploring sexuality, it's important to have a negotiation, a dynamic communication is the key here. Mm -hmm. Communication is the key. So it's going to be about getting together and explore first whatever fears that we have go through a process of like, what are my fears? Uh, what are my boundaries? What are my desires? And I, and the most important one was my intention. Mm-hmm. So when we're exploring our sexuality, intention is everything. 
like why we would like to be you know exploring this together like what are my fears and i tell you that when we hear this a lot when we do this a lot is it help us to help our partners to actually know like hey i'm i you know for example that was a new partner which are like uh, my intention is to really surrender into the pressure of the moment great so now my uh, my fear is that um, you know, it's you. It's my first time doing it with you, and I may have only have, let's say, a handful of partners in my life. Like, let's say, like five or ten, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. And my fear is that because you very well, like, you have have so many partners, sexual partner. My fear is that you're gonna compare me, and that I am gonna feel like I am like not good enough, or that I don't have the experience and expertise. Oh, I just don't know how to do things. My fear is also that I am not into something that you may be. And because of that, you may not want to be with me or something like that. So that itself is helping our partners to have a feel, like, you know, a feeling and understanding of like where we are at. So we both share our fears. And then it's like, well, my desire would be that, uh, let's say my desire would be that you are like on top of me all the time or that you do anal sex or that you give me like a, a beautiful you know conscious um an old sex right like just like my pussy all the time or you know whatever that desire is we just express it so yeah. so when, and then like what are my boundaries right like in my mm-hmm. boundaries that I let's say if like I am into anal sex I I would like to have just like a, a small a butt plug and and nothing else like I don't want anything harsh I don't want pain I don't want I don't want like you know marks on my body I don't want marks on my neck or mm-hmm. I, I don't want like even a vibrator or I want you know that then it's mm-hmm. important for us to really know ourselves what it is that we decide what we want what what it is that we can take and not take or what we tolerate in, se- in sexuality or not and mm-hmm. then communicate that so this is like we call the communication protocol in a sexual experience. And it doesn't matter how many times you have done it with the same person or is your partner for like a long-term partner. Having these conversations before, it is so helpful because it kind of like helps to anchor a relationship and intimacy in a deeper, in a deeper way. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And communication definitely is key. But also I wanted to get into, you know, how does someone deal with when when a partner is communicating with, you know, the person they're in relationship with and they're learning that they and communicating, they're learning that they don't really have much of a sexual compatible relationship. How does one build that or can you build that? Because I've heard from other people where they're like, okay, well, I'm into all of this and my partner's not into anything that I'm into. And now I'm sexually frustrated. And now I'm thinking of, you know, going elsewhere and in this relationship or divorcing my spouse because we can't have a sexually fulfilling relationship either. So how does one be able to, you know, come to a consensus where they're kind of on the same page sexually, or even could you even build something like that? Or does that happen naturally? That's such a great question. And I tell you that it's a question that many times um, a lot of people ask me. Mm. And it's interesting because Ah, it, it depends of it depend of the relationship though it's like the relationship dynamic you know and it depends on how long they've been together and like what the intention to be in a relationship to begin with 
Um, because I can say that sometimes we have couples that they are struggling with this mm -hmm. and the intention for the relationship is, is not sexually. It has more of that comfort and have that more of that security. It has more of like what it is providing the relationship providing for them. Mm -hmm. So sex is not part of the equation. So is, is, and, and you know, one person struggle and the other person is like comfortable with it. And, and it's sad because it, it's, that's where the relationship is and that's where they, the foundation of relationship is. And they have not addressed the other dynamics of the relationship. And to me, it's because I feel like, you know, because we are in a defaulty relationship, you know, we get together, we fall in love, blah, blah, blah. And then we, we start like we marry, we have children and that's it. And we go into defaulty. We don't come with an intention of like, hey, what it is that we're co-creating together and what kind of partnership are we going to have together? Like what kind of partners are we going to be? Because I have a say like all partnership are relationship, but not all relationship are partnership. So it's important to know like, okay, hey, if I, we come together in a partnership, we come to, to, to create something, not mm -hmm. just not to destroy. So the issue that we have here in this day, in this relationship that one is it one is frustrated and another one is comfortable in the sexual experience is because their partnership and not on the same page and they have not renegotiated that mm -hmm. that's again go come back to negotiation they have not renegotiated they have not come together and say hey and, and that's, again, the fear comes into place, like this fear of being left alone, the fear of living a marriage for like that's been together for 30 years. They're very good friend, but they're just roommates right now. Uh, so it's, it's the fear of like, what are they going to lose? So what I always invite is like, you know, it's important to have the couple working this together. Mm -hmm. Because unfortunately, what I find a lot is like only one is doing the work and the other one is not interested. Mm -hmm. And the other one is not interested because it has nothing to lose. Mm. Right. Because if they have this belief that they have nothing to lose. So the other one is frustrated about it. And it's like going around like a little mice going around, around, around and doesn't know what else to do. And mm. unfortunately, when this is the ironic thing, when the person is like, I'm done we need to separate or divorce, something like that. All of a sudden, the other person is interested to do the, you know, the, the work that needs to be done. <laughs> but unfortunately, at that point, it's late. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like I tell people, especially couples, or if they say I have male clients that come to me without frustration or female clients that come to me without frustration, it's like, for me, it's important. The first thing that is going to be important for you in a relationship is to be courageous to invite your partner into this process and um and invite them and, and we can work from there like from mm -hmm. the invitation of working together because mm -hmm. just working on one is not gonna it's not gonna help mm -hmm. um and once we start working together when yeah then we can bring all these you know like you know like ghosts out of the closet and address what's actually happening and i can tell you that the reason we're like Many times we we fall into this dynamic is because oh, we have emotional um, emotional resentment, we have uh, anger, frustration, guilt. We have emotions that they're like holding us back from being really intimate with our partners, and we start justifying everything um, with stories in our head. 
And then we start creating more separation in relationships. So one is was interesting and the other one is not. There's a reason why there's no polarity too. There's, you know, when we are sexually involved with a partner, it's going to come back to emotion. Um, like what's the polarity that is happening? It, we don't have that, that intimacy where it's like I'm, one of them is like super alive and desires and wants more and the other one is not. It's because in the polarity itself, there's no magnet of attraction. Mm. It's kind of like the battery, you know, it's like the magnetism, like it, it's not potent in one side and it's really potent in the other. Mm-hmm. So we had to find out like, okay, why? why this side is not is not potent in magnetism in attraction mm-hmm. why it is not alive what is happening in there mm-hmm. so i say that if we find ourselves experiencing this in our relationship it's gonna take courage to address our own demons and to um to be able to communicate that properly with our partners Mm-hmm. Agreed. And you know, uh, re- most relationships aren't always packaged deals. Some people are super lucky to be able to find the one and they have everything in common, you know, but most of the times it's you have to work at it. And even if it's something, even if it comes to something in regards to sexual compatibility or anything, it, relationships take time and they take a lot of freaking work so you know you an investment and if, you know, exactly it's, it's an investment it's, it's an investment <laughs> and yeah. like like one of the things i always say is like how much are you putting into your relationship when it comes to the investment to it are you giving are you giving yourself a hundred percent or are you giving yourself ten percent or twenty percent mm-hmm. if you're giving yourself a ten twenty percent that's what you're gonna get in your uh, mm-hmm. return on investment that's what you're going to get. <laughs> Shortchange your own self. <laughs> Don't even realize it. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so I want to get into Tantra. So Tantra originated in India and it derives from Hinduism and Buddhism. It, it came about many, many, many centuries ago. And it includes the masculine and feminine, which is Shiva and Shakti, that make ordinary practices sacred. But for those who aren't really familiar with Tantra, can you go a little bit more in depth about its meaning and how it can be useful to others? Thank you. So one of the things that every Tantra practitioner and facilitator or even mentor guru, when you ask them a question of like, uh, what is Tantra? Everybody's going to give you a different answer. Mm. Everybody's going to, because it, it's not a, it doesn't come from the mind. It doesn't come like the, the, the experience of Tantra doesn't come from like a conceptual uh you know, point of view, like it's very, when you get into the journey of it, many times it's really hard to, uh, to define it. Like sometimes you cannot express it with words. So mm. when it comes to like expressing it in a conceptual way, you know, everybody's going to tell you something different because Tantra is not a line. A Tantra is not like something that is like defined as it is. And that's it. And that's what it is. Mm. It's, it's, it's a whole experience a whole uh transformational experience it's like an experience of its own like it, it does it's a journey that it, it allows you to experience whatever it is that you need to experience in life mm. so 
for some people, and it would be awakening. For some people, it would be like a reclaiming. For some people, it would be bliss. For some people, it would be joy. It's like, it's this path that is like, it, it, it allows you to experience life however you uh, decide to explore it. So every, you know, like, I'm a, what do you call it? I'm a tantra facilitator and I have teach of different festivals. I'm even organizing my own festival, first tantric festival here in Florida. And one of the things that I can tell you that when we get together in circle as teachers and mentors and from different uh, backgrounds, like neo-tantra, tantra, and all those versions of tantra, what you find out, what you hear from everyone is totally different. Like when you act about like, what is tantra and how you experience it. Because it's a very personalized, unique experience. Mm. So see. when you, for me, so the way I, I feel and experience Dantra and the way that I, I share it is that transformational chemical path. It's that path of fire that allows us to burn everything that we are not to embody, to reclaim and embody who we are at our core. And that's all aspect of ourself, even our sexuality. Mm. Okay, that's that's wonderful. So, how do you use it to open up your clients when it comes to them finding power within their own sexual experiences in their sex lives? Repeat that a question again. So, how do you use tantra to open up your clients when working with them? In their when it comes to their sex lives and their own sexual experiences. So just clarification here. I don't open up anyone. <laughs> they I create a space for them to uh, awaken and open up within themselves. And so when it comes to the tantra practices, like the basic ones would be the tantric practices that we know is sound, breath, and movement. And and once we start doing those practices, we start helping uh, clients to start embodying and tuning into the body. You know, one of the beautiful things about Tantra is like the embodiment of self. Mm-hmm. Because when we start doing like sound, breath, and movement, we start tuning into our own body and into the wisdom and awareness of our own body. And we go into that journey of like, uh, in a, like inner depth, like finding our own truth, finding our own and that's when we start doing a lot of the healing process. Like, as you mentioned it before, we go deeper within ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, and there are different like aspects of like tantric practices, like where we have like different sounds and different mantras and different like, um, you know, uh, invocations and sometimes like different uh, body techniques, but, you know, body, body techniques and body awareness that can be put in and uh, into place. Um, one of the most, when I would say like one of the things that we observe the most in tantra practices is connection. Mm. Um, connection with our body, connection with our heart, connection with our, what we call the yoni of the linga, which is our genitals, like yoni is for vagina, linga is for penis. So it's like that connection. And when we're talking about that, let's say a simple exercise of like that connecting with our sexual power is by holding our right, uh, left hand into our heart and our right hand into our yoni, like which will be our, our vagina, right? Or a mm-hmm. cock for a man, uh, the lingam for cock. And it's like connecting a heart with our genitals mm-hmm. and breathing, inhaling, exhaling, breathing, 
exhaling out and connecting and just being fully present. That's what like one other beautiful, you know, invitation in Tantra is like, how much present can you be in this moment? Um, you know, how much more can you connect with yourself? Mm-hmm. How much more can you be here right now for you? And what it is that you're willing to explore like in your life? And this is why rituals comes into place because rituals are about uh, that sense of like conscious focused intention mm. and ritual. That's like how much present can I be and, and I have that continued um you know, that we call it the incantation, that continues uh, present, that continues um, moment that we're here right now with our hearts and with our yoni and we're connecting. And I can tell you that that could be the first baby step into like start uh, tuning in and connecting with our sexual power. Because mm-hmm. at this point, what we're doing is that we are releasing this shame and judgment that we have with our genitals. hmm yeah. So what is the difference between neo tantra and tantra and how do they how do they differ from one another? Well, the way that they explain it is that you know what I have read and heard is that the tantra the the regional tantra that they would call it it would be from thought in India, correct? It's like the, the practices that they have there with different dynamic. And the Neo-Tantra is like the different version that is happening here in the U.S. in the Western world uh, because it's like it has a different dynamic. To be honest um, with you, I don't focus on the separation and the division of it mm. because one of the things that I have learned from Tantra um, masters and I would call it like Tantra mentors, Mm -hmm. is that Tantra involves everything. Everything is in Tantra and Tantra is in everything and everywhere. Mm. So it's it's, it's not, there's, to me, like if people want to separate it, go for it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they want to have a, to me, you know, what I also have learned is like, it's a lot about about the guru Mm -hmm. and about the lineage. So many Tantra practitioners, they there's like a whole concept of like you know this is real tantra because it comes from this lineage of this guru right mm-hmm. versus in Nia tantra it's like there's no guru mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like and and actually you know to me it's like i i resonate from let's say the guru within me put it this way mm-hmm. i come from a background where it's like i am gonna explore and embrace the the master the god goddess guru within myself mm. and that's where i come from uh because you know one of the things that i know about tantra is like my tan- tantra um awareness and awakening it doesn't come from like india mentors or teachers it comes from like egyptian background Mm. So my energetic activation of Tantra were more Egyptian energetic activation than Hinduism, uh, Hindu or Tantra activation. Mm-hmm. Because in Egypt also practiced Tantra thousands uh, of that years. So thousands and thousands of years ago. So to be honest with you, I even have myself a little like curiosity to know actually um, 
you know, like the ownership of Tantra, they want to make it to India, which I respect and all that, that because of the sacred word Tantra. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, it was exploring experience in Egypt. And actually, even if you go to the Egyptian pyramid, you can see like the hieroglyphic, they have like sex poses, like tantric poses and the mm-hmm. hieroglyphic. And they talk about, about that. And they also mm-hmm. talk about how Tantra is used in Egypt as uh, the sexual energy to co-create it to create and to manifest it uh, mm. and to so the, I, I think I, I heard or read somewhere that um, some of the pyramids some of the activations that happens in the pyramid uh, or the way that they built the pyramid were built was because of the sound like different sounds and um, the, the different energy projections that it was coming through uh, uh, sex like sexual energy like that sexual energy created a lot. So mm. there are stories that I have followed that we, you know, in Egypt, like the sexual energy was so potent, like so, so intense that it, it would use, utilize to build um, the society. So that is more of my, I would say like my resonance where that, the sexual energy and the tantra from Egyptian um, energetic activations mm-hmm. more than the, you know, the India Hinduism gurus and masters from, from India. That's so funny when you think of the pyramids being like Wi-Fi for sexual energy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I and- never thought about that, not about it like that, but that's an interesting take. That's the first <laughs> But if you look at if you look at it like um, I know that Gaia TV uh, even like they talk about like uh, Egypt when they look at the pyramid it it had been it had been they show that it is actually a connectivity like there's a sense of power like the power plant the pyramid where power plant to uh, project energy and one of the things that I you know you can hear also of, of tantra it's like you you're gonna hear uh tantric practitioner like tantric activation from egypt mm-hmm. if you do your research it's not just gonna be a hindu or india but if you do like tantra activation from egypt you're gonna find that there are so many what we call the tantric priestesses mm-hmm. from egypt or priests from egypt that they have this resonance because the awakening of the Egyptian tantric energy that is activating. Mm. And it's really, it's a really fascinating because that's where my activations come from. Like, uh, you know, more, I tap more into the energy of, of, of energy of Tantra and all of that. And all of a sudden, all these Egyptian memories that come into my awareness and all the, the priest and the priesthood and all oh. these things that were happening in Egypt, like all these like life, uh, past lives, uh, things were coming up to me. I was like, oh, and then I have like my other, my other uh, friend who also the channeler with um, masters and angels and the channel energy. And he's also a, ch- uh, a tantric priest from Egypt, like mm-hmm. back in like at the same time that we were like, and there's like such an interesting story. And like when, you know, in the metaphysical world around that, because all of a sudden, like Tantra stopped in Egypt at one period in time. And that had been such a like a curiosity that gonna, you know, in, in the community stuff is like, why did that happen? So we don't know. Like I still don't know. I still don't understand mm-hmm. so many things. So it's like I'm curious. But um, yeah, so 
It's interesting. I think it. <laughs> yes. You know what? You're almost kind of like a snake charmer for Tantra. You know, very seductive. <laughs> all these past lives coming back to you from Egypt of, you know, all of that. So, I mean, it makes sense why you, you know, you're a Tantra master. <laughs> you were that many, 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 many moons ago. So, <laughs> yeah. And that's what, like, to me, when it comes to, like, the aspect of energy, you know, I tell you this, you know, is so when I was studying, like, when I started my practice of Tantra here in Florida, um, I didn't even mention it to anyone that I have studied Tantra, Kama Sutra, shamanic practices, sacred sexuality back home in Ecuador. And I have awareness, a lot of awareness. So I start offering my Reiki sessions, right? Like because I'm a trained Reiki master. So I start offering and all of it, you know, at the time, you know, telling people like we're going to start activating the energy and all that stuff. And you have no idea how many people came to me for Tantra work. And I was like, uh, how do you freaking know that I am like I have this level of awareness of it so <laughs> they were like this I was like oh this is interesting because I, I I'm not promoting it I'm not even putting it out there tantra here in Florida was like a very uh, uh what we call like very conservative right like people would not talk about it so if you always find it on like uh eras or like all these sites where there's like uh you know like escort and things like that because that's where they will be able to promote themselves and it's all about sex and that's mm -hmm. why I'm here to educate people about like the energetic aspect of it and the transformational aspect of it not just the, the beautiful sexual experiences that we can have mm -hmm. and all of a sudden like you know um I was very like you know I offer one tantra session that it was like just energetic I don't do any I don't do work with genitals or lingam massage or yoni massage which usually people that's what they think about tantra massage Mm -hmm. It's about like a general massage. I don't yeah. do any of that. So yeah. it's all about energy activation and awakening. And I have this person that, you know, because even in Tantra and the Neo Tantra, they call about white Tantra, pink Tantra, red Tantra, black Tantra, purple Tantra. I'm like, okay, give me all the rainbows. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little skittle right now. The whole rainbow. Tasty. I'm like, <laughs> so I practice with this person like I offer him a session it's like I have my my special music for that I have like uh the candles and the water and the element and the ritual and I call the activation and it was just like an energetic um you know like also like gentle hands-on nothing nothing crazy and he mm -hmm. tells he come back to me and tells me he's like that was the best tantra session that I ever had from any tantra master and I was like uh wow. I didn't I was like, I didn't even have that, like, um, the, even the intention of like, oh, this is the tantra session. I'm like, no, mm -hmm. this is like an activation of it, right? Mm -hmm. And and that was like, um, my work is, is different from other people because I'm, I focus on the activation of the body, uh, activation of the senses, activation of that energy, that bliss. Like, I see. and when we find ourselves stuck in in that activation, it's like, oh, we go deeper then, and we go like, oh, what is holding us back? And let's get that fucker out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, and you know that, like you said, there's so many misconceptions about what tantra is, and there's also so many different. Uh, meanings behind it because it's your own conceptual meaning behind what tantra really means to you but also you know a lot of people think it's just about having sex 
But like mm-hmm. you said, it's the energetic experience of it all. It's not just about people being genital to genital or anything like mm-hmm. that, you know, and having sex for hours. But I want to talk, I want to ask about one particular position that I know I see that I've seen a lot when it comes to Tantra, and that is the yabyum position. Mm-hmm. So yes. what exactly is that? And what are some of the benefits um, of that position when it comes to Tantra? It's, it's, it's interesting because believe it or not, many of us, when we are in a sexual experience, we get to that, that position naturally, mm-hmm. organically. Um, and one of the things that allows that position is to connect heart to heart, mm-hmm. genital to genital, and eye to eye. It's like mm-hmm. we get like those three connections on it. And it also creates that flow of energy the way we are, where we are, because Tantra is about weaving, correct? Like the Sanskrit come from like the weaving. It's like mm-hmm. weaving. So when we are in that position, we are in that, what we call the Kundalini, that energy arising, that sensual, sexual energy arising from our, uh, you know, our genitals, from our, uh, root chakra and it's coming up and you start weaving it's like it's like we are merge, merging we mm-hmm. start fusing with our partner so the beautiful things about that position is that believe it or not it's not sexual mm-hmm. it's intimate it is it, there's no journey penis penetration um in it and it's just about con- it's, it's about connecting with a person because mm-hmm. i can tell you you can have the greatest sex tricks out there. Mm-hmm. If there's no connection, it's just another trick. <laughs> and every every trick likes a treat, so. <laughs> right? It's just another yeah. trick. You can have it. Nope. I mean, if there's no connection and if there's no presence and there's no surrendering, no adoration, that's like that. I love that position because the, the post is is that the sense of surrendering when we eye gazing each other and the sense of connection and the sense of like, I'm here for you and I'm here for all, you know, it's like, I'm here, I'm holding space. And it doesn't matter who is on top, who is the bottom, because usually like to say the, you know, the, the masculine will be holding the feminine. So it, it, for me, it doesn't matter, like, because we all play those dynamics. So it's, it's about, like, at the end of the day, it's about, like, how much more present and connected can I be here with you, my divine being, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, that God got it, the divine being in front of me. How can I adore you? Mm-hmm. Ah, how can I adore you here right now in my fullest? So yes. that's where we get with that that post i see and i know although tantra isn't just about climaxing i know that it does help to achieve one so do you feel others have a higher chance of achieving an orgasm when they do tantra compared to those that don't because honestly i talk to a lot of women that tell me they've never orgasm or it takes them a really long time to have one so what are some of the benefits of tantra when it comes to achieving an orgasm well the first one will be we get in tune with our body. We'll come mm-hmm. back home, right? Our body. And also we come back to um, to honoring, mm-hmm. adoring our uh, vagina, our yoni, right? Like having the practice of like self-love in the sense of like accepting yourself for who you are. And I can tell you how many times we have been in a 
women retreat where women are so afraid to even look at their own vagina. Mm. They don't like it. They hate it. They hate what they're looking at. They wow. don't love it. Like they, they actually, they think like they, that is so ugly. That's so disgusting that they smell. They don't even love their own smell. Like mm. they have this whole misconception of like what, you know, of who they are as a sexual being. So the practice of like honoring your own yoni, your own vagina, your own pussy allows you to be in love with yourself in the sense of like, oh, this is me, this is, this is who I am in my powers, like this is like, this is, right, like this connection. And, and when we are connecting, this is the key, when we are connecting with our genital, mm-hmm. we're having a relationship, we become more sensitive and more in tune with our sexuality, with a, with a sexual organ. Mm. so we learn about ourselves we learn about like what feels good what doesn't feel good where mm. it feels great where it doesn't feel like nothing we also learn about like where we we may be numbing ourselves because we're holding a lot of tension we're holding a lot of anger resentment frustration in our in our vagina in our womb you know in like vaginal canal like where are we holding onto stuff uh, in, in this part of our body. And when we learn to have that level of awareness and consciousness and uh, give ourselves permission to let go, our sexual experience are going to be a lot more different because we're going to be able to feel pleasure in areas that we haven't even experienced it before. Why? Because mm-hmm. we are more open, because mm-hmm. we are more willing, because we are more in tune with ourselves. Because we can feel, we're not stuck. We can actually feel. And the moment that, you know, orgasm, orgasm, you know, they're, they're beautiful areas of a body that, you know, are, are clear to this. And uh, we have the G spot, the P spot, the A spot, and like another A kind of like spot where we can experience pleasure. But I can tell you this if we focus on that, that's the only spot that we can experience an orgasm, we actually, we haven't like a, a wrong idea about pleasure itself because i can tell you this i have been able to to you know we we have been able to explore sexuality where even if you are giving pleasure to your knee and you bite your knee all of a sudden somebody can get an orgasm i had an mm. experience like that we were in like a, a play dynamic with an uh two dogmas i was to stop and all of a sudden like we were this energy moving this energy and all of a sudden, I, I, you know, I bit the girl need, of course, we can stand in the dynamics, right? Mm-hmm. And she experienced an orgasm. Oh, it didn't came from, it didn't came from her clitoris. It didn't come from her vagina because we all were clothed. There were no sex at all. Mm-hmm. It was a DS dynamic involved, but the energy was moving. And there was so much of this uh, energy in a, in a feel that the moment that I touch a part of her body that it, it released an orgasm. Because this is the thing about when it comes to like, you know, multi-energetic orgasm that we're talking about, you know, that tantra sex, like tantric sex, Mm -hmm. many times it's not even about the sexual genitals experience an orgasm. Mm -hmm. You know, we can experience orgasm just by uh, touching our ear ear lobe, Mm -hmm. by touching our hand, touching our nipples, right? Like we can have like a nipple orgasm, like we can have like even like different parts of our body, like even... Uh, our knees, our toes, like, oh, you know, and even in the, when we talk about uh, kink BDSM dynamics, sometimes we have the foolish uh, fetishness, 
Mm-hmm. And like there will be women who experience orgasm by some the partners licking the toes. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, there's a lot of people out here actually with foot fetishes. And you know, yeah. people got only fans for it too. So hey, it sells. <laughs> so these are the thing. Like when it comes to orgasm, the thing you know is the thing is that we help to normalize that. Hey, if we don't have genital orgasm or vaginal orgasm or clitoral orgasm, it's okay. We're mm. not broken. Mm-hmm. The thing about the thing that is important for me as um as I'm sharing this, and I love to invite women, is to let themselves know that they are orgasmic and that is we have to come back to a body and explore ourselves fully and explore what areas of a body are orgasmic. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Everybody, you know, take that women, anybody, not just women, but everybody yeah, take yeah. the time to sexually explore your bodies and get comfortable with it because ultimately you'll be able to achieve orgasms and you'll understand your body better and you'll be able to connect with your partner on a deeper level because you know what you like and you'll be able to set your sexual boundaries when it comes to relationships and you'll be able to achieve a more fulfilling and connected relationship. So, yes. Yes, and let me just say something else. Like once we connect with a body and we explore all these all the different amazing incredible areas of a body that can be that are orgasmic, mm-hmm. all of a sudden when we let go, when we let go of the focus that what only genital orgasms can happen, all of a sudden because um we have a broader awareness of how orgasmic we are, we're going to mm-hmm. experience genital orgasm with ease and bliss and joy. Mm. Without even working so hard on it. Yeah. Because our focus is not there anymore. Our focus is it's like more of that, you know, expansion awareness of who we are as orgasmic beings. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. And so what are just really briefly, tell me, what are some of the exercises that you use in a, a tantric uh, yoga session when you do have one with your clients? It depends like what the intention of the session will be. Mm-hmm. So if, you know, a lot of the work I do when it comes to like uh, tantra work, it's, it's helping individuals to tap into, uh, to learn themselves who they are at the core. So mm-hmm. we do a lot of with embodiment. Mm-hmm. The most simple one, the easy one, simple ones, like I said, like it could be like um, the vanilla ones. <laughs> I would say that it would be that I have a client like dancing um, you know, with the with the eyes closed, tuning into the body, tuning into the heart, tuning into the energy. That could be like a simple uh, dynamic that could happen, like because of the movement, the breathing. We go into breathing, breath, sound, the movement, right? Breath, sound, the movement. That could be the simple things that they can start into the journey process of it. And then when it comes into the intention of working with the body, and like in the aspect of the body somatic experience like could be the body therapy like the body the the body dynamic or like the body massage right mm-hmm. um the tantra massage will be like where now we engage in with like gentle subtle uh touch of the body to activate the energy mm-hmm. in my case i don't do any genital work so it's it's more about like what other areas can we explore in our body that it can raise up that energy and that uh, the whole creative energy that um, can come and like and just come to the surface and and be felt and uh, experienced. 
So mm-hmm. to me, it's more of that awakening. Mm-hmm. Like, how can we awaken in that? Yeah. Um, when it comes to, you know, coaching uh, couples in tantric therapies with, uh, for them, then you can guide them through the process of like what I call like divine touch. That's like my signature hands-on tantric massage experience or body experience. Um, that is like, like how we touch the body with that level of awareness, that consciousness, like touching our partners with as they are a divine uh, God got it in front of us, right? With that full presence, full connection. And then going from like different areas of body and then guiding the couples into exploring that linking massage uh, and that yoni massage that is very popular in the tantra world. But that is when couples, you know, guiding couples to do that work for themselves. Mm-hmm. And Tantra is also a way for people to come together on a physical level as well as on a, a spiritual level. And it encourages the importance of sexual intimacy. In what ways do you feel like uh, Tantra is connected on a spiritual level? Because I don't think people think sex and spirituality <laughs> really go hand in hand, but it kind of does when it comes to Tantra. Well, the moment that we are uh, committed to be fully present and connected with our partners, like heart to heart, and it's a feeling, our it's a feeling, our body, a feeling, the energy that is arising within ourselves, and give mm-hmm. ourselves permission to also share that with our partners, and it's a feeling their energy, feeling their, uh, feeling their beingness. Mm-hmm. Is when we start giving ourselves permission to feel each other beingness being present and focused and, and there, we have a sense of like, it goes there. We go into that spirituality because we get into that sense of like, we, we tap into that, um, the bliss of the infinity, infinity and that bliss of like, we're here now, but we also connected. We, mm-hmm. we like many times we even lose ourselves, not lose ourselves, but I wouldn't say that word, but many times we, um, we can see the universe mm-hmm. in the moment that we are together. Like we can feel that. We can see it. I have had experiences with my, with my partner that, that while we are eye gazing, we're breathing together because that's another practice when it comes to couples. It's like we do the breath, like the, the breath together. And while we're eye gazing and we're like um, in like the yam yam position is like we, we, like we're connected and and many times like we can feel that everything disappear and we are in the universe there Mm -hmm. and that's to me that is like something magnificent and it comes to the spirit because that will be a spiritual the whole present yeah i love that so in closing how do you feel like tantra is a way for others to reclaim the power within their lives in their own sexual experiences Hmm. i would say that Allowing us to be in the now, mm. present, fully aware, um, with intention. Mm-hmm. And when we are in that now, we can tap into our, our, our core of who we are as magnificent creators 
and divine beings. You know, one of the things about Tantra is like it's an invitation to to give yourself permission to your divinity. Mm-hmm. So when we are in that journey and we we are committed and we tap into our our core and our divinity um, naturally, oh, you know, naturally, all the awakening of our creativity, our sexuality, our our, our juiciness come to life. Mm. Oh, spicy. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Well, let everybody know what events that you have planned in the next couple of months or anything that's coming up a little sooner and let everybody know how they can connect with you. Thank you. So one of the things that I'm really excited about uh, sharing is I'm creating the first Tantric Shamanic Festival here in Florida. It's happening in January. Yes, it's happening in January 27 to the 30th. I have invited a selective group of facilitators, a few from out of state, but mostly many of them will be from Florida. Mm-hmm. That we have a great community here that um, we are creating. And I'm all about building communities. So at this event, and I'm excited because a four day event, we're going to have facilitators from like tantra practices, like tantra practices. And you have the opportunity to come and ask all these amazing questions and <laughs> get different perspectives from so many other facilitators. And also, uh, we're going to have tantric, uh, I mean, shamanic healing. We're going to have shamanic journeys. And um, we're going to, ha- we have a beautiful property that is like a 22 acre property with like, wow. uh, avocado trees and leech trees and we have like a little lagoon and a 33 Ooh. feet waterfall that wow. is like you know main main things so like it's a little mansion too so it is it is a beautiful exotic property mm-hmm. and i'm really excited to create this event at that space because it is beautiful it's natural um we have some facilitated they're gonna help us to uh, you know to reclaim that um, the sexual expression of the body, right? Like mm-hmm. the, the sense of like the, the nudiness. It's not a sexual event. There's not going to be sex, you know. Uh, <laughs> no orgies have, going on. No orgies <laughs> going on. It, it's about tapping into that power, transformation, alchemy, energy. And we would definitely cover topics of um, uh, intimacy and like some workshops. So Yeah. So I'm really, really, really excited about that. And I'm really inviting you to join us because it's oh, going to be a lot you. of fun. Yeah. Yeah. So let everybody know where they can connect with you on your social media. And also for um, the event that you have coming up, where can people sign up or do they need to purchase tickets for the event? Yes, they can purchase tickets at the event. You can find all of that information. You go to my Instagram, Lucia Gabriela Coach on Instagram. So mm-hmm. um or if you're going to uh, the festival, it will be Sol Iluna, S-O-L-Y, Luna, L-U-N-A, festival. And that's the hashtag, another hashtag. That's the, um, the IG, um, what do you call it? <laughs> With mm. that the handle, that's the IG handle, Sol yeah, Iluna yeah. festival for the festival. You can find more information there. Or you can go to solilunafestival.com. 
Wonderful. Well, I'll also have this information in the drop box below. So you'll be all you guys will be able to click on the link. And I want to thank you so much, Lucia, for joining me today. It's been a pleasure being able to explore the pleasures today and having you vibe out with me. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Yeah, no problem. And for everybody else, if you'd like to support the Vibe Selection podcast, you can do so at www.patreon.com slash Vibe Selection. If you sign up for three months, you get free apparel, a nice little hoodie, a cool little coffee mug, whatever it is that you like, you guys. And also, if you just want to purchase free, uh, if you also just want to purchase merchandise, you can do that at www.teespring.com slash Vibe Selection. I am your host, Kyra. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Vibe Selection. I'll see you guys all next week. Stay safe, stay healthy out there. Bye.